that in a time of crisis. It comes down to that, especially when we figure out in this world that we have no place further to go. When you hit the end of that road, you realize you better spend some time beneath the cross of Jesus. Uh, and that's the point of tonight's message, which is taken directly from, of course, Henry's reading here just a minute ago. I'm going to start by reading this little poem because it speaks to me. And a lot of you, you all know it. Maybe some of you don't, so I'll read it anyway. Uh, but it speaks to when everything else seems to be in a state of change. Who do you lean on? Where do you start? This is called, and now you're going to know what it is, One Solitary Life. He was born in an obscure village, the child of a peasant woman. He grew up in another obscure village where he worked in a carpenter shop until he was 30. He never wrote a book. He never held an office, never went to college. He never visited a big city, he never traveled more than 200 miles from the place where he was born. He did none of the things usually associated with greatness. He had no credentials but himself. He was only 33. His friends ran away. One of them denied him. He was turned over to his enemies and went through the mockery of a trial. He was nailed to a cross between two thieves while dying. His executioners gambled for his clothing, the only property he had on earth. When he was dead, he was buried in a borrowed grave through the pity of a friend. Twenty centuries have come and gone, and today Jesus is the central figure of the human race and the leader of mankind's progress. All the armies that have ever marched, all the navies that have ever sailed, all the parliaments that have ever sat, all the kings that ever reigned put together have not affected the life of mankind on this earth as powerful, as powerfully as that one solitary life. And that's the truth, right? That's the truth. And so when we read this, that's, a, that's quite an interesting thing. I, maybe we'll stick it on the website as well so people get to read that a few times just to take it in. So when we read this lesson for tonight that speaks about the cross, we have St. Paul, and then we're going to get to us. St. Paul is in writing to people in the land of Greece, the center of the civilized world. They were there before the Romans, you remember, a long time. And they invented civilization. <laughs> they they kind of invented civilization. What did they also invent? A little thing called democracy. So they invented all of that stuff and held it and philosophically pushed it together in a certain way for a long period of time and were known 600 years after they started that at the time of St. Paul as the founders of the civilized world. And what does St. Paul write to them? He says, God says, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligence I will frustrate. <laughs> How do you think they felt about that? I can't imagine that went over too well. Uh, 
Because this is the way it went for St. Paul. He would meet them in Athens. Remember, he went to Athens, the capital, the whole thing. And he says, um, he says stuff about, he ends up saying, this Palestinian Jew died for your sins. And the average Greek from Athens says this, first, what's a sin? I don't think I even have any by the way, but how would a Palestinian Jew 600 miles away have died for my sins? He doesn't know me. I don't know him. This is foolishness. This is crazy for you to say that this Palestinian Jew died for me. Is in, that's just insane. You're frustrating me, man. You're just not making sense. And Paul would usually up the ante and he would say, well, I'm I'm sorry, but I didn't mean just for you. He died for the sins of the whole world. <laughs> then they'd start laughing. i go, please, you know, take that thing to a sideshow somewhere in a circus. This is not real. What you're talking about is not real. He said, and they said, well, who, who believes any of this? A bunch of nobodies, you know, a bunch of other cast-offs and neglected people and women, you know, that had no standing in those days. So he says, it's not about who follows this, it's you need to follow this. You need to understand reality from this, that this man died, died, suffered, died, went through it for you. That sounded like a firecracker to me, but it's outside the building. Uh, anyway, what, what happened at the end of this story was people began to be attracted to this simple message of the cross. He said, I came to preach Christ crucified. I didn't come to say that God will take away everything, will give you money. He didn't, was he talking about prosperity? He never said a word about that. He didn't say, you believe in my God, you'll be rich. Yeah, he said, you believe in my God and you'll have a destiny that will never end. See, that's the difference. And it starts not high upon a mountain with all the, all the worldly goods. It starts on that cross where he died outside the city walls. He died outside the city walls as a criminal. He died outside the city walls as a criminal without a fair trial. He died outside the, the city walls as one who was abandoned by everyone around him except his mom and a couple other people. You get this? You get the difference here? And Paul just would not stop saying that, and nor can I. If we're going to have a God who is good for us, if God is good, then God has to be good all the way. God has to be good to me when I'm not good to myself. God has to be good for me when I'm going through suffering I never thought I would face. God has to be good for us when we go through racial trauma in this country. See? When it says he died for all, it doesn't say he died only for this skin tone or that skin tone. It said uh, God, in that sense, decolorizes us down to the bare essential and then recolorizes us as we are and says, I understand you as you are. I understand what you're going through. I understand that pain. And when that little 
doggone microbe that we can't even, you know, we can't even put a filter in our air conditioner that would keep the microbe out of here, right? The filter is too big. It's too wide spaced. So you have to, we have to invent new filters, new, new things for this microbe. And it frightens the heck out of everybody around here in this neighborhood, and we will still say, my God is stronger than that. My God, my Jesus went to the cross for me. My God, my Jesus reaches me when I'm at the, I'm done. I am exhausted. I am done with this life that I'm living stuck inside and worrying about all of this stuff. I'm done. And Jesus reaches you right there and says, come unto me, you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So take it, take it this way. If you start from the cross, you're starting from the strongest point that God gives us, right? He said, the wisdom of the cross is foolishness to the world, but it's God's wisdom. God's wisdom is to start with death, unnecessary, unlawful death, in order to help us to understand the, the reality of his love for us, the height of that love, which knows no end. So tonight, no matter how you've come into this service, take from this that your God will never desert you because he gave you Jesus. Our God will take us through the patch we're in right now. And we cannot see the end of it, and we don't know where it's gonna, what's going to happen here at the end of this year or for the next few years, do we? It's just, that's just that real. And a lot of us have grown up in a world where it was always just kind of steady state, you get through that college degree, you'll get a nice job, you'll have your family, you're going to go just this way. And all of a sudden, that's all over here somewhere. And we're just trying to make it to the weekend. And that's happened before in the history of the world, by the way. <laughs> and worse, you know. And God says, just depend on this. I entered the world specifically by sending my son into it to receive the germs and the bugs and the sins and all of it and to take it to that cross. And in that cross, you fix your eyes on Jesus and he is the author and the perfecter of your faith. Tonight, tomorrow, and all the way to your eternal destiny. Amen?